Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome, everybody. Hope you had an outstanding weekend. The big dog and the coach back at you on a beautiful Monday. Baseball taking a brief break. Little home run derby coming up tomorrow. And, of course, the all-star game. We got the Tour de France to talk about. We got U.S. women's soccer, the story of the weekend, the story of the day. No question about it. We also got a golf tournament, a major for the ladies finishing up today. More to talk about, we'll jump off the sports page as well. Big Dog and a Coach at your service on a not-so-beautiful Monday. Enjoy the music on the TalkZone.com. Alright, 888-463-6748. That is our phone number. You want to jump in, talk about any of the sports that happened over the weekend. We'll do a little recap as best we can in the 57 minutes and 22 seconds that we are allotted here on the uh, talkzone.com. Actually, last week it was like, like 56 minutes as we were rudely thrushed out of the studios here by, I believe the show was called Retirement Sparks and Big dog, it wasn't quite that bad, but I had visions of like 73 year old people just dragging me out of the studio as the highlighted retirement show came, but, uh, I'm okay. Few minor bruises, couple of, uh, you know, a little bruised ego, but I'm okay, my friend. How are you, big dog? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, Gus. And, uh, actually, uh, you know, when I hung up the other day, I was thinking maybe I should join that show. Well, I'm a pretty good retired person. I mean, why not work? It so. hasn't really worked out for me. Yeah. Maybe retirement can work out for me. It's interesting. You might as well, like, jump the 30 years of actual work and, uh, you know, looking ahead, forging ahead, go right into retirement. That's not a bad plan. Yeah, I mean, really. Seriously. Interesting. Why didn't I and think of that? And it's, it's always like, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm retired. Really? Yeah. Why are you retired? <laughs> that's always a really, that's a really interesting, uh, you know, uh-huh. conversation piece. It's not a bad concept. I mean, you know, work has its benefits, clearly, but, uh, you know, you're 38 years old. You could jump 30 years ahead, and, uh, hey, like I said, you're a forward-thinking guy. Retire early. I would think the only thing good about a, a job would be the benefits. Yeah. Jobs with benefits. Friends with benefits. Jobs with benefits. That's absolutely true. Well, many jobs have intrinsic joy. I mean, a guy like David Olson, our producer, gets highly paid to do shows like ours. Don't kid yourself. He has to enjoy it at least a couple of minutes uh, per show. Uh, so, uh, a couple minutes, possibly. Yeah, well. like definitely when when you're, we're winding down. Yep. I would have to say that's probably his favorite part of the show. Yep. He always says he loves the end of our show. At first, before I knew Dave, I, you know, I took that as a compliment. That was very nice. I appreciated that. I'm glad we're going with a good finish. And then I discovered pretty much, Joel, the reason that he and so many of our listeners do enjoy the end of the show, quite frankly, is because we're off the air and the next show is about to start. Sad, now, but, the, sad but true. Now, what's the show that's normally on after us? Is this normally retirement spark? No, we, we have different shows. There's all kinds of it's, uh, you know, the 24 7, um, 365talkzone.com. You tune in at any time during the day and you're liable to get a wide variety of shows. The specific schedule. I do not have in front of me, but I know it's a different show every day, Big Dog. You know, I've been tuning into the the beauty pageant show that's on before us on like a Thursday, I believe yep. it is, whatever it is. Absolutely. I, I got to tell you something, that 
you have to work really hard to be a beauty pageant contestant, especially if you're not that pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to work like five times as hard. And yeah. just because you're in a beauty pageant doesn't mean you're a good-looking girl. Trust yeah. me. Everybody thinks of the fluff and, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the what's the word I'm looking the pageantry. for? Well, yeah, the pageantry of the beauty pageant. But, yeah, absolutely, it's hard work. Especially if they're ugly. <laughs> or if you're not the most attractive, yeah, you got to put. Well, you know, that's all. Just like sports, you got to put an extra effort. You got to believe you can achieve. You got to overcome the odds. And if you're not the most attractive, you can still win a beauty contest if you believe and put in the hard work. You know what I really find funny is, uh, you know, I've talked to some women that uh, have, have like said, you know, beauty pageants are sexist, blah blah blah, and I always said to them. The only people who watch them are women. I don't know any man who watches a beauty pageant unless they're with their like significant other and are forced to watch it. And then after you see a couple hot girls, you don't mind watching it for mm-hmm. a while. But there's no man that has ever said, "Hey, oh, the Miss Universe concert. Hey, I want to look at a bunch of five foot eleven, hundred pound girls that haven't eaten in a week." You know, they don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and who <laughs> and who believe in the uh, beauty of the United States and world history when that you know they oh, yeah. ask they ask that that famous question. But uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on. David Olson's giving me a signal here, Big Dog. The uh, your phone line not great. We're gonna we gonna try to do reconnect with the Big Dog. All right, we lost him right there. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. We'll see if we can clean up Joel's phone line. But uh, besides beauty pageants and retirees and the retirement show, we got lots of sports to talk about. I think the Big Dog is back. I don't want to spend the entire show on beauty pageants, Big Dog. But your point. Is well taken. Not many dirty old men watching the beauty pad. There's much more enjoyable things to watch. Big dog not back yet. All right, let's let's move to some of the sports that happened over the weekend. And again, folks, you want to uh, chime in? We'd love to hear from you. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. If you want to email us, Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. We got to talk some baseball. No question about it. We'll do a little midseason, even though it's actually past the halfway point. But a little midseason recap. As we head into the uh, home run derby uh, to, uh, tonight, which I have zero interest in, probably some people interested in an All Star game on Tuesday, but uh, we got to talk. Really, I hate to tell you, yeah, we opened it up with beauty pads and talk, big dog. But I hate to tell you, but women are first and foremost when we talk about sports over the weekend. We have to start off with our hopefully soon to be World Cup winning United States women's soccer team who won. One of the greatest soccer matches, guys or girls, that this country has ever seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's quit talking about beauty pads, beauty pads and girls. Let's talk well, about the ladies. It was, the it was a soccer. smooth transition from you know that's the way professionals work. Retirement to beauty pageants to the U.S. women's team. I thought that was beautifully done. I absolutely love these girls, coach. I, I can't remember pulling for a national team more out of out of nowhere than these girls. Now that's interesting. You say that because one of the complaints, well, not complaint. But one of the reasons this team hasn't caught the magic, <clears throat> like, say, the 99 team, is that a lot of people say they don't have the charisma or the personalities that the 99 team had. But you, no, you no, would differ right. with that. Those, those, they had, like, the Mia Hams and they had yep. the national figures. All these girls have are each other, and they pull in for each other. I mean, this is truly a team. Every one of their quotes it doesn't shy away and, and like act like too timid. You know what I mean? But it's all about, like, the team and... And they're willing to say that they need to play better, and they and all of them say our goal is to win the whole thing, and there's no doubt about it. So there's like an aura of confidence and a little bit of cockiness yet is played out in such a humble way, Coach. It's awesome. It's like these girls know they're going to win, and, and I, 
I feel like I'm just enjoying every minute of these goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got knocked off by Sweden in the uh, preliminary round, and because uh-huh. of that, they still finished two and one. They made the uh, quarterfinals. They made the elimination round. I think in soccer they call it the knockout round. So Sweden did beat them. So it's not like we're this dynasty unbeaten team. In fact, Brazil and Germany were the two favorite teams. And over mm-hmm. the weekend, big dog Japan, your Japan team. I watched that game too. While we're crediting the United States women, we'll talk about the game. The Japanese ladies pull off the upset against Germany. Not quite the, the turns and emotional twist to the United States game, but Big Dog, you called it the Japanese team. They knocked off Germany in a phenomenal game as well. No, I, I wish I could have seen that game. I was I was paddling, doing the tours. Uh, aren't I right about the way Japan plays? They probably had zero fouls in the game. or They had like half of how many Germany had, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like these girls play perfect football they take angles to the football and yep. not the person you know what i mean they that's what the whole they play like john wooden would play like only scout yourself and you play your style of basketball and yep. don't worry about what else the other team is doing yeah germany had more individual talent japan uh does not have any real number one they don't have any big players they don't have any stud athletes and they don't have a great finisher up on the front line uh but what they do have is tremendous teamwork and uh, probably the best coached team out there if i could say that with my uh semi-soccer expertise size the best coach team out there and they just have precision passing but uh, what a beautiful upset they pulled against probably well the home team germany in front of the german fans they knocked them off everybody was expecting a uh a german brazil final that's what everybody yep. was expecting in the world and now all of a sudden who knows is it going to be u.s sweden you know what I mean? Because uh, mm-hmm. the French team's pretty good, too. Because think, think about it. They've been playing pretty well, considering nobody gave them a chance. have so. not seen the team the United States plays next, France. I have not seen. So I can't give you a scouting report, but you're telling me they're, it'll be a good challenge. Well, the, I mean, they, they're definitely going to be the favorite. But mm-hmm. in this tournament, you know, they could go to penalty kicks and then and flip the coin, mm-hmm. you know, when that happens. So. Uh, I'm here to tell you, and David Olson, I know one of many, many guys out there who, you know, and probably well, not as many girls, but there's a ton of guys out there listening to this show. I've heard them on other sports shows, Big Dog. What the hell are you talking about the U.S. women's soccer team? Why is I, I heard some of the people on ESPN last night on the radio. You know, we're, oh, boy, the, the Twitter world is a fire. You know, they're calling this the biggest win for U.S. soccer, and then they start poo-pooing it and putting it down. Yeah, you know, 99, the women won, and that was supposed to be the big coming of soccer, and, you know, it's it still hasn't caught fire. Who cares about the soccer making fun of it? I'm here to tell you. And you are too, Big Doug. We're baseball, basketball, football guys like the rest of the knuckleheads out there. You are you you're as meathead as any meatheaded guy out there is, but what the meatheads need to do is you need to pay attention. You need to watch occasionally, and I guarantee it I won't say every. But ninety percent of the meatheads out there, big dog, and I use that term in the gentlest and kindest sense because those are some of our fine listeners. Mm-hmm. I guarantee if you gave it a shot, if you watch that US Brazil soccer game yesterday, from start to finish and you gave it a chance and didn't put up the barriers, you would be pulled in hook, line, and sinker on the game of soccer. It was phenomenal. You know what's really sad, Coach, is those 10% of the uh, that wouldn't enjoy it, okay, mm-hmm. when they see Hope Solo on the cover of Maxim Magazine one month, okay, she, when she's on the cover of Maxim, although that 10% is going to be watching these games with their pants around the ankle on ESPN yeah. Classic. i got to okay. tell you, that when Hope Solo would make a save and they'd show the uh, – her kicking the ball out from the behind angle. Uh-huh. For brief moments in time, my mind was taken off of soccer. 
Um, I, I, you have to admit, Coach, that girl is spectacular. The young I mean, lady, where she wears wears those soccer shorts extremely well. And she, she's got like the most perfect hair, long, silky, yep. dark. Yep. Oh, it's yeah, but I wouldn't girl, mess with it. Beautiful. I would not. Uh, for all the guys out there, you know, warning in advance. I don't know her personally, but I'm going to guess, Big Dog, you make a wrong move at the wrong time, and she will slap you silly. I mean, she's got a look that could stare a hole through a brick wall. It's a fun fatale look, Coach. Seriously, I just, if you want a girl who means business, oh man, she's got the name too. We talked about the team not having great personalities or charisma. Hope Solo and the captain Amby Wambeck, those two do, and you got to love the name Hope. I don't know if that's her God-given name or she changed it to soccer, but that's pretty cool. Hope Solo, pretty good name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she'll be doing the Jay Leno tour and all that. You know, David Letterman, etc. Oh yeah, et cetera. she'll be on all those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, catch a little fire. It was absolutely incredible game. First of all, Brazil was the favored team 74 seconds into the game. And don't forget now, here in the United States, you know, it's it's a big event. The World Cup, you got to remember, for Brazil and all these other countries, big dog, it is 10 times bigger than it is here. And the pressure on these young ladies, they are representing their country. The World Cup is, it's bigger, bigger than the Super Bowl in most of these countries, correct? I would have to say so because there's only one sport there. Either you either play soccer mm-hmm. or you're in a fighting sport, and then any other sport after that, like the basketballs and baseballs of the world, are just they're they're definitely way down the list of uh, importance in those countries. You have insulted many of the croquet players in England, but I'll let it slide. Okay, well, I think even they would know that. But yeah. They don't even break a sweat when they play, so that is not a sport. <laughs> croquet, the third fastest growing sport in the world. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever noticed by fans of every sport will always call you know wrestling. It's the fourth, you know, it's the second fastest growing sport in the world. They'll always find a statistic to make their sport. <laughs> Horseshoes. It's the second fastest growing sport of bowling. The bowlers will always tell you it's the number oh, one yeah. sport, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the MMA has been the number one uh, here we go. growing sport in the See? world for the last 15 years. You I don't just, know how that's possible. You just proved my case. But, but honestly, it has been. For 15 yeah. years, it's yeah. been the fastest growing yeah. sport. And honestly, they, grow, they get more fans than any sport. So. Honestly, you're full of crap. No, yes, you are. You come on. You got to tell me MMA, which is mixed martial you arts. Know, you have every once in a while. You know, you <laughs> really show your your um, ignorance eh. sometimes because you're always this open-minded guy. Yeah. Just the fact that your boxing has finally been knocked off the top of the most <laughs> important fight leagues in the world. Who cares who the, the heavyweight boxer is? I I don't even, I can't name them, and I can care less. I know who the heavyweight champ in MMA is, and so does. Ninety percent of uh, boys between the ages of ten that's, and forty. That's okay. where you would be incorrect. Oh no, you have no clue. Ninety percent. You know how many people come to my house on a fight night? I well, can't you have been hundred people in my house. Joel, you would be the first to admit the people you hang around with and associate with are not necessarily mainstream male society. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I might have stockbrokers there, people who run mortgage companies. Mm-hmm. I might have a guy who digs a ditch. You're right. Not normal human beings come to my house. You walk I'm down. People at my house. All of them know who's, what's going on. If we so meander, little pampered world. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going to watch a. We're going to watch Oscar De La Hoya run from his opponent for twelve rounds and say what a great boxer he is. I was just oh, making fun of all the people bicycling, the number two fastest growing sport, and I'm making fun of it. And here, Big Dog is trying to convince me that MMA is is the fastest growing sport. You could walk down. You could. I could have been a taste of Chicago two weeks ago, where I was, uh-huh. and stopped. 
I'm going to help you out, not 10 to 40, 15 to 35-year-old males and ask me who the top three MMA guys are, and probably 20% will be able to tell me. You're, you're out of your mind. You're, it's, your it'd mind. be closer to 50 or 60%. I don't think so. Absolutely. 10 Absolutely. million pay-per-view buys last right year. Now. 10 million. 10 million did what? Pay-per-view buys last year, 10 million. Yeah. Well, if they put the top two bowlers on a Pete Weber Jr., how many would buy pay-per-view bullet? Five times as many people watch those MMA fights and watch the women's soccer. Yeah, easily, Coach. Easily. Where? In the United States or the world? Well, the United States. The, well, if you're talking worldwide. No, worldwide, more enough, people. Besides soccer, besides soccer, MMA is the biggest sport no, worldwide. That's, that's ridiculous. You're, you're totally, then you're lost, Coach. You need, <laughs> you, I mean, you're the one who's always like, there's, there's change. You need to keep an open mind. Right. I hate to tell you, the sport that you hate has caught fire and... If you're a 12 year old boy, you know who George St. Pierre is, coach. You do. You know who he is. I don't and think I know so. You don't know who he is, but he's the fattest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. What's so, his name? George? St. Pierre. St. Tia? St. Pierre. Why do you make oh, fun of him? Oh, no, honestly, my, you know, my hearing's bad. All right. I'm going to ask my, uh, I got, I got one son, 17, another 15. I'm going to oh. uh, ask them as their friends come over to the house. And by the way, as the summer continues, they're, Basically, their friends have taken over the house. Uh, but that's a whole other story. But I'll survey them, and I guarantee it's okay. not the, not the 50%, 60% that David okay. Olson just told me. Not only that, I'm, they'll know Anderson Silva. Every one of them is going to know who Anderson Silva is. I don't think if so. If you have a pair of testicles and you're less than 30 years old, mm-hmm. you have watched the Anderson Silva highlights of knockout after elbow, after kick in the chin. It's, I hate to tell you, Coach, if you when we would have fight nights, <laughs> At Mullen, we would have a thousand people in that place. Mm-hmm. And the night when the Bears are playing, we'd have 200. Don't tell me it's not popular. It's people, look at all the t-shirts. Just walk down the street. How many people I, wearing affliction? I don't see primal. any. Every single, like, gear is now based you, upon what you, who's, who's your MMA fighter. You and me are hanging around different circles, my friend. Any listeners out there you want to, uh, what? Yeah, I hang around human beings. Stop it. Oh, so you're the people you hang around with are more uh, humanistic than the people that I hang around with. I huh? would have to say, I would have to say that I hang out with a much larger group of people, possibly because I know a lot of people. If you don't know anybody who watches MMA, <laughs> yeah. you're missing at least fifty percent of males between okay. fifteen and thirty. I'm pretty confident. Not everybody, but very few people of uh, my kids' friends or uh, my personal male friends watch. MMA. Probably a few, but it's probably 10 to 15%. That, that, and, well, that's my point is you're not hanging out with, you probably have, uh, I hang out with a lot of different people, Coach. Like I was saying, like we'll have ditch diggers and people who run mortgage companies in my house. Mm-hmm. All of them will love seeing people get beat up. So, David. It, it, your friends, yeah, you're probably right. Your son's friends, you're probably wrong. Okay. It's, it, I will do it, a survey. Your, your generation... No offense is not not into it. It's mm-hmm. for it's basically for the forty five and under crowd at this yeah, point. But, I, I but say. I'm saying as a fifty five year old here that that I think you're overrating the the fifteen to forty five no, no, popularity. Not at all. Not at all. No, I think not you are. No, it's I mean it's to to that to you're that saying se- outside to that, of- seg- to that segment. Like to that segment well, of the population, boxing doesn't exist. No, anymore. I completely agree. That's what this is. Where we disagree is what portion that segment is. Use so the term you know that the segment. One reality show is on cable television. You know what it is? You probably never even heard of the show, but they have millions of views. Ever they got millions of friends on Facebook. 
They have six million friends. Of it's the not the number one reality on show. American Idol is the number one reality show, and Dancing Stars cable. is number two. I said cable coach. The number one cable oh, reality well. show is The Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. and it has been. They have, and they don't have like one a year when they prop up boats. They actually all it is is just a bunch of guys fighting, and. It's the number one cable television mm-hmm. reality All right. Show. You know what? Uh, over the next couple of days, Big Dub, because I am, uh, we're going to be off tomorrow. Apologize. We'll probably play uh archive show. Wednesday, Big Dog is going to do the show solo because i got to work a basketball camp the next couple of days. So, Dog, you'll be doing the show solo. Over those two days, when we reunite on Thursday, I will have done a informal survey. I'll be as honest as I can. If I was wrong, I will uh, feel free to express it. But, uh, Big Dog, i got a feeling you might... Uh, in mixed martial art terms, you might be pounding, calling for a... Your sampling of like five or six kids won't have anything no. with real I'm, life. And I'm, the fact that, and the last pay-per-view, mm-hmm. uh, just in the gate alone, Dana, Dana White made $11 million on mm-hmm. gate alone at his last event. He has them once a week, coach. Obviously, uh, I guess nobody's watching it. He just in gate, not even his well. television... Stuff. I'll give the you a bet he made. That was his profit, eleven million dollars. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you a comparison. You you could say the same thing about the uh, tremendous amount of money that the casinos are making, and the, you know the riverboats or the boats, if they want to call them, where, you know where, where you can gamble on. Okay? Well, uh, tons of people, you know, money, huge <laughs> amounts of money are being made, Baba. But if you talk to the normal people. Again, maybe your circles are different than mine. Yeah, How many people that just walk down the street and look at the clothing that somebody wears that is around 25 at least at least one out of every five kids is going to be wearing like one of those crazy affliction or primal shirts you're crazy all those, and there's like 20 brands but all of them are based on the fight leagues coach no that's what it's about and maybe if you have a small sampling i don't think you realize how all i have to do is say i'm going to have an mma party at my house mm-hmm. and people i haven't seen in like two years will show up yeah all right, I, I, I'll try to make it bigger than a small sampling, but I, I think okay. you're overrating the, uh, you know, mixed martial arts second fastest outside second of soccer in the world after uh, soccer. Give me a break, please. It is it's the second largest sport in the world after soccer. Please. They do it in Japan, Brazil, England, and England. It's the number one sport in England. Almost, I mean, legitimately, they go out of their minds in that sport in England. Mm-hmm. All right, anybody who uh, would like to agree. Support the big dog's case, or God forbid you actually want to uh, question him and possibly disagree with him as I do. I hate to diffuse some of your enthusiasm, big dog, but I think you are going over the top a little bit. Is all I'm telling you, coaches, you're totally missing out. I don't think so. For you to downplay the fact, the importance of this sport in the world stage, there's a reason why uh, uh, SportsCenter leads off with the fight whenever there's a fight. They lead off with them. They don't leave all of a sudden... It's always the number one thing that they lead off I've with. I've never seen ESPN Sports Center. Not that I watch it religiously. I've never seen them lead off with a fight. You, uh, okay, whatever. That, that, that right there defeats let, your argument. Let me throw the phone number out the there. If you want to agree and or disagree with the uh, very confident, if not vehement, big dog, Joe Radwanski. Oh, I am. 888-463-6748. Again, uh, 888-463-6748. Uh, all right, we agree to disagree on that, Big Dog. I will yeah, make a survey. I'll report back to you on Thursday. But the one thing we do agree on, again, is just what a phenomenal win that was by the U.S. women oh, uh, over the weekend. And just a real quick recap it for guys, again, like meatheads, like our producers, David Olson and Randy Myers and a lot of the other meatheads out there that didn't watch it and criticize soccer, 74 seconds. And I started to preface it 
by saying for these girls in the other countries, or guys when they play the World Cup, bigger than the Super Bowl. So the pressure, the pressure on them is unbelievable. 74 seconds into this single elimination quarterfinal game, the Brazil defender, Diana, they all go by one name, by the way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That would, I mean, that would be cool, but just Wombach. I mean, that's Solo. Yep. But Hope Solo is kind of cool because it's Chris, Cristiane and Alina. But De- and De- Diana one. makes a huge mistake trying to clear the ball. She kicks it into her own goal a minute into the match, big dog, and that was the beginning of what would be, and I, you know me, I've watched sports for a lot of years, basketball, football, baseball, you name it, you know, Stanley Cup, playoff hockey, I rate that game yesterday, top 10 most intense emotional viewing experiences I've ever had. Well, that's a, that's a bold statement. Yeah. I, I, I really can't know, I can't really think about which one was the emo- most emotional viewing things that I've watched, and sad to say, Coach, and it would probably most likely have to do with the fact that I may have had like $5,000 on one football game and there was like a fumble <laughs> yeah. and a turnover. Uh-huh. And it might have been just, it might have been a preseason game in like 1993. <laughs> okay. So I, I honestly, I can't tell you about yeah. an emotional roller coaster. Uh-huh. Like without money on it. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole the different. 1998 game with Michael Jordan finished off Utah. That game, like just, uh, like I remember just being on the floor. I was so worried that the Bulls were going to have to go to game seven. What was the game against Phoenix where Horace Grant had the shot, passed it up at the game six? Well, who did he kick it out to? Kerr he or kicked it out the, he kicked it out to Paxton. Paxton, not what Kerr. I loved about the, okay. the show, there's an angle where when Horace Grant caught the ball and treated it like a hot potato and yep. fired it to uh, Paxton as fast as he could because he was already over ten in the game. <laughs> Is that yeah. true? He was over ten in the game when Paxton. But there's an angle where. You see Paxton catch the ball and get it to shoot it. And while Paxton's catching the ball, Trent Tucker jumps off the bench with his arm raised, and the rest of the Bulls are getting up celebrating. Paxton hasn't even got into shooting for him yet. He's mm-hmm. catching the basketball as the Bulls start celebrating in the back. It's that game, game, that moment, I think, was a top tenner. That, that to me, is almost the most memorable of the Bulls. Are you sure? Yeah, it was yeah, Paxton? So, that wasn't Kerr who hit the shot? It was 1993. Steve Kerr was not a bowl until 1994. It was John Paxton. He was part of the first three people. It was against Charles game. Charles Barkley and company, right? Yes, Charles Barkley okay. and uh, and uh, what the, the, that little Sunvold kid was coming off the bench. I hated that little kid. And kid then there from was, um, uh, Missouri. Dan Marley. Yep. Thunder Dan. Kevin Johnson. Yep. By the way, uh, Kevin Johnson's about to hit that running shot in the lane, and Horace Grant made up for being 0 for 10 by blocking Kevin Johnson's shot and it proved that you can help a team win by going 0 for 10. Mm-hmm. That play right there. Kevin Johnson's making that shot, Coach. That's just what, going um, in. He was having a great season and a great series. Kevin Johnson, so, I haven't followed the last couple of years, but he was a high-rising-up politician in the, was it Arizona or California? But it, he was, it was Arizona. Yeah, it he was, was a congressman, and it looked like he was upperly mobile. I haven't heard from him in the last... Uh, or was it Ohio, Coach? Because he's no, from Ohio. I don't think so. so. I think it, okay, it was Arizona. Yeah, I think it was, or was he a mayor? But he was he was an up and comer. Got elected a couple of times. Kevin Johns, a great great NBA guard, Hall of Famer or not? Not quite probably. Well, basketball is a little different, coach. It isn't like as, as stringent as, as baseball. Mm-hmm. And one day basketball will pay for that because they're going to be like, wow, we have way too many people in our Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you talk about emotional games, honestly, right when you said the the the, the Paxton game, I thought about that same year, the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bulls versus the Knicks. In yes. Game Five, it's a two-two series in New York. That game, I, I remember. My mom was on the phone in the living room with a best friend of hers who was from New York, and they were she was living in New York at the time. 
And like she's like talking smack over the phone to me. <laughs> okay. And this is a back and forth game. And basically, whoever wins this game totally has control of the series. That 93 Knicks team was the best team that the Bulls ever beat in their whole, in the Jordan's, uh, six team. Was that, was that the series where John Starks, like, became the enemy number one for the city of Chicago? Absolutely. Okay. When, he, when he made that baseline dunk yep. over everybody Ooh. and we couldn't wow. defend them. Wow. We had, we yep. had John Paxson on, on John Starks and that was a bit of a mismatch. Yeah, that- that series, you are right. That, I don't remember the specific game you're talking about, but that was a highly intense series. You you remember when I tell you this? The game ends with Charles Smith getting his shot blocked four times by Pippen and Grant. Yes, yes. That, that's how the game ended. Wait, well, who was the guy who got his shot blocked? Charles Smith. Remember yes. Mr. October? Yeah. That's what Pat Riley called him? <laughs> <laughs> the greatest, yes. The greatest bad label in the history of basketball, <laughs> Mr. October for Charles uh, <laughs> Which is not good when your season ends in uh, February. <laughs> I do remember that. That's right. Goes up four different times, gets his shot blocked. That, that was uh, that, that was incredible. But, uh, all right, so just to complete the story yesterday, so then the U.S. is hanging to a one nothing lead again against the favorite Brazil team. They uh, lead one nothing in halftime. Nothing overly dramatic happened, but it was highly tense. About midway through the second half, big dog, Marta. Marta, the star player for the Brazilian team, makes a run into the goal area and gets dragged down. It was a battle for the ball, definitely physical contact. Gets brought down by uh, Rachel Bueller, one of the defensemen for the United States team. They call a penalty, which, you know, was questionable, but they gave her a red card, not a yellow card. Which, yeah. Yeah. Red card, which means she's out of the game. Soccer needs to change the rule. And the, for the rest of the game, the World Cup. The World and, and Cup. she's out the next game, too, right? Yeah, she's out the next game. But, you know, you can almost live with that if it was some kind of vicious penalty, which it wasn't. But, you know, now the United States team in the biggest games of their lives, the one they prepared for for four years, you're playing against 11, against 10 for the rest of the game. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say this to you, Coach. I did not think it deserved a red card. But I will say this. If she does not get fouled, there's a goal scored. Maybe. I don't know about maybe. Did you see the move that she had made? That was unreal. In order to draw the penalty, let's tip the cap to Marta for a second. That play was was mind-boggling when I saw the replay. I couldn't believe she had passed the ball to herself like that at full speed. It was, uh, I've never seen a man do anything like that. I'm sure I have, but I mean, it was, it was just weird because you see like this little tiny person flying like a, like a gnat and all of a sudden the ball, she passed it to herself over the U.S. player. That was, that was pretty phenomenal, coach. As was her second goal in extra time where she, she beat the defender and just kind of quickly little, did a little, curving lob over the goalie Hope Solo. That was an incredible goal. But mm-hmm. to add to the emotion of it, so now here's the red card. Wow, they give you a penalty kick. So now Brazil's got a chance to tie it up again on a somewhat questionable call. The rest of the game, U.S. has got to play 11 against 10. Penalty kicks go in 80 to 90% of the time. They kick it. Cristiano is the kicker. They hope Solo makes the save. The U.S. team is celebrating. Even though we're down 11-10, you know, 20 more minutes, we can hang on and win this thing. And Big Dog, they call a penalty against the U.S. On the, on the penalty kick. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad call. I mean, you just, were they trying to give the game to the Brazil ladies? I mean, you know, I understand the linesman. I don't know who called it, the head rep or the linesman, trying to do their job. But please, I think they call one of the American players like a half a step 
ahead of one of the Brazilian players. All the players are back at the line behind the kicker. Had absolutely no effect on the great save that Hope Solo made. No, zero. It had no effect yeah. whatsoever. So you had so. that emotional swing, and then they get another penalty kick. They kick it in one-to-one. Now the U.S. has to play 11 against 10. And what was really interesting, Big Dog, is when Brazil was down one nothing, 11 against 11, they dominated the play. They had a sense of urgency. Brazil tied it up one-to-one. They went up 11 players to the United States 10, and exactly at that moment, the U.S. started to control the game with 10 players. You know, it was yeah, almost yeah. like once they scored the goal, they lost that sense of urgency, talking about the Brazilian team. Mm-hmm. They probably thought it was over. Oh, we got a lead. They're down yeah. a player. Uh, we're the big favorite. We're going to win this. This is our yeah. game. And then you go into the mode, let's not make a mistake. Teams need to play more often. Like they're behind by a, you know, or in basketball, play like you're behind ten points. Or in football, you know, you've seen in football all the time, right? You know, you get ahead a couple of touchdowns, all of a sudden you get conservative, you play not to lose, and the other team makes a comeback. You know, you know, it's either like, hey, we're going to run the ball up the middle three times, yeah, and then on defense, hey, no, we've been hammering the quarterback in the face all day long. We're causing interceptions. Mm-hmm. You can't get into a rhythm. Okay, but now we have a a, a, a two score lead, so let's just. Let's not make a mistake. And yep. next thing you know, the four plays later, they're in the end zone. All of a sudden, they have all the momentum, and you're in a lot of trouble. So. It, it's a psych- it's a psychology. No, qu- you see it in hockey. In hockey, teams pressuring and pressuring. You know, if they're down one to nothing, they're down two to one, and they score that goal. Or maybe it's a tie game, and then they go up three to two, and then all of a sudden, all the pressuring and intensity they did now they're they're back on their heels. Trying to prevent, you know, you're up three to two. Pretend like you're behind three to two. You'd do a lot better. You know, you know, our um, like a, a, that's a real good coaching point because you can teach kids about momentum, prepare them for, for it. You really can. I, I remember uh, uh, Pete Bentrelli would teach us on our football team about sudden changes. It's a little bit different, yes. uh, coach. Yep. But he was like, after a turnover is the play that will win or lose football game, and we would have plays called, coach. You would have plays called in the huddle, I mean, on the sidelines, and immediately we would know it would be the first-team offense no matter what. We had. As soon as the turnover happened, mm-hmm. we would, bam, we didn't even go to the huddle. We, and we would get so many touchdowns, I mean, touchdowns, Coach, for 80-yard touchdowns off of these plays. Yep. Because we were, not only we were prepared, we were foaming at the mouth, okay? And we would give up, a, we'd just say we gave up a, a, a turnover. Immediately, all of a sudden change, they're going to do something tricky. And, I mean, we were prepared for the momentum change. Mentally, we either pounced on mm-hmm. it or said, "Hey, let's not." If this is still a football game, they got the ball. Let's do. You know, I mean, it was like we stayed positive about it, and that's probably something that coaches yeah. have to have to do, like in preseason. Be like, "Hey, we're going to have different parts of the game. When we mm-hmm. attack all game long and get a lead, then you don't stop attacking. You keep on pounding on people, and you build a mentality like that." Those, that's, I guess, those teams have killer instincts. The ones that don't lose momentum, they gain on momentum. I guess that's the difference when you talk about athletes. Like if Michael Jordan made a great play. Guess what? He's about to get two great plays in a row after that because he's going to start owning you. So yeah, and it works the other way as well. You talk about sudden change, and I love your the coaching psychology from Coach Ventrilli. But the other way as well, when you have sudden change of the negative variety, yeah, yeah. you have to coach your players, and, and not mm-hmm. at the time, but you got to tell them. You know, you have to teach it and coach yeah. it, and then maybe a quick reminder as they go out on the field. But now you're on the defensive side, and you've got to have that mentality. Hey, when, when you know when something bad has happened to your team, that for those next three or four players, plays, take uh-huh. it to another level, step up, and really, really be intense. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Coach. And he, he instilled that in us. I'm not kidding yeah. you. I had to play both ways, and if we did put the ball on the ground, or like as the guys came on the field, hey, this is a sudden change. They're going to run a screen or a reverse, or you know, they're going to try to do something to, to over the next couple of plays to pop something big, and we'd always be prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, just to finish up, because I do want to get to baseball, and I know a lot of folks out there uh, you know, still questioning the why we are so into the U.S. World Cup soccer game. I'm telling you, last night's game, yesterday's game, yesterday morning's game, well, last night out in uh, Germany, was one of the best sporting events I have ever watched. And just to complete the story, Big Dog, we now, it's one-to-one. We're down 11-10 for a long time. But with 10 players, we start to control the action. Uh, you know, we get shots on goal. We get some attempts. Couldn't quite score. At the end of 90 minutes, after some very exciting near misses, it's still one-to-one. Now you go into two 15-minute extra period. Not sudden death. Two 15-minute extra period. Five minutes into the first extra period, Marta... Works her magic, scores a goal, Brazil up 2-1, to one, and the American dream is over. You're down 2-1, and you're down a player, and the players are dead tired. But again, Brazil stayed back on their heels, 11 against 10. And the U.S. pressuring, corner kicks, near misses, the intensity building, we're getting close, corner kicks, more pressure on the ball, couple of great saves by Hope Solo, first 15 minutes is over. Then the second 15 minutes, you're down to 10 minutes, you're down to 5 minutes, and the whole, the dream is fading, but the American team, again, I repeat, 10 v. 11, down a player, controlling the action, and Big Dog, it's like someone wrote a script, like someone, you know, put a movie together, and this is how the ending was going to be, uh, after all the near misses with one minute left. Actually, the 15 minutes had run out. They went to stoppage time. Mm-hmm. Stoppage time, like two minutes left of stoppage time. A great kick from uh, Megan Rapinier. Rapinier. I think that's her name. Eleanor was. She said that she was dead tired. She had nothing left, and she was kicking with her weak foot. And she's been leaving those short. She's yep. like, I don't know how I got the ball to her. Left-footed cross. It was absolutely incredible. After all the near misses, all the adversity, all the emotional swings, Abby Wambach, the team leader, six-footer, jumps up on the far corner and heads it in with a minute left. Big Dog was one of the best goals I've ever seen. Um, my girlfriend at the time, who would also like to remind you that uh, Japan does have a finisher in Sawa, number 10. Okay. Okay, so she just wanted not, to remind you of that. Not, and, uh, not from what I've seen, but okay. Well, she scored a couple goals in the tournament, and she's their best player, so. Okay. Uh, well, uh, she, uh, well, no big deal. But, uh. <laughs> Is Sawa, ask, ask your, you said your girlfriend at the time. I'm hoping she's still your girlfriend. Yes, uh, okay. at this moment. At Is this Sawa moment, the yeah. one they substituted for against Germany? I don't think so. She did get kicked in the groin, though. Short, fire plug build? Yeah, she's, well, oh, yes. fire plug. she's more the skinnier one. Oh, then that's not who I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah, she's number 10. She scored a couple goals in the tournament. She got kicked really bad okay. in the groin in the game. Right. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm rooting for the Japan. If Japan beat the United States, I wouldn't be all that disappointed. I love the Japanese team. Just for the simple fact of what they're playing for the whole tsunami victims and stuff. And yes. Four different players had friends who died. Yep. I mean, you know, that's, that's oh, I knew somebody. I had an acquaintance. Like, these were like four good friends. It was like, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yep. So. Yep. All right, and so the United States ties it up, and then, of course, you got to go to penalty kicks. More suspension, more drama. I mean, everybody is just completely drained. You're about three hours into this sporting event at this point, and, again, somebody's writing a, s- a script here, Big Dog. It was Hollywood theater at its best, almost too good to be true. The final kick for the United States, it wasn't Brandy Chastain and 
Uh, Ali Krieger didn't rip off her jersey, but here's a young lady for the final kick who I think five years ago almost lost her life. I think it was a, I don't know if sure it was an aneurysm followed up by like five mini heart attacks. She was near death experience five years ago. Here she is five years later kicking the goal that beat Brazil, one that will be remembered forever. You see her go celebrate with the teammates. It was just an incredible three hours of sports spectating. When I saw the highlight for the first time and saw her facial reaction yep. after the header, I mean, that was as close to pure joy as I've ever yes. seen on a human being's face, Coach. Yep. I'm not kidding you. That It was like, I mean, I don't think the girl <laughs> has any recollection of that 10 seconds. I mean, it was like, it was so awe-inspiring to watch her. It was pretty cool. All right. We got to move on from the uh, World Cup soccer. It's not over, of course. Emotional victory, but Wednesday we're back at it again. Semifinal match against France. So we'll uh, talk about that on Thursday for sure. But le- let us move on uh, with your permission, Big Dog, and with your significant other's permission. Please. I got worried when you said, you know, your girlfriend at the time. I thought maybe things ended. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm concerned about you. That's nice. That's nice, Coach. Yeah. Everything good on the uh, Chicago River over the weekend? Oh, phenomenal! Did four different tours. Wow! And uh, this is this is where it gets good now, Coach. Okay, <laughs> now uh, on the Saturday. Actually, tour, I thought the bigger. first the first two weeks of tours were pretty good. Uh, well, no, no, the tours have been phenomenal. I get better every single time I do it. And people have been. I'm I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I really want people to come out and see it. I'm, I basically tell the whole history of Chicago via kayak. Mm-hmm. And I tie stuff up together really nice. I really want people to come out and, and visit. So it's waterriders.com with an R after mm-hmm. the big dog special. Any weekday, get a group of 10, you get a significant, uh, significant price reduction any particular weekday. And now so that you know the, in the afternoon. now that you know the routine a little bit, you can put in a little bit of the big dog sense of humor. You can relax and, uh, along with showing the history, you can joke around with the crowd a little bit. Well, I had the joking around with the crowd at the beginning, but okay. now I have to chew her down. So that's that's uh, and uh, I, I, I tied together by the guys that go with me. We were all competing to see who would be the the lead guys this year. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is they didn't. They just said Joel's the guy. They don't even say like you just do it. Just mm-hmm. do it. So it's pretty cool because uh, we used to get really good tips when I was doing. It. I was over the weekend. It wasn't too good, but I did have to save somebody again yesterday. Really, somebody another capsized kayak. Another capsized kayak. Wow. Uh, she was. She got a little tilty. She went in. I got to her real quick. Uh-huh. She had a lot of water in the boat. I got her back in. Got her back in the kayak. She listened to me. She stayed totally calm. So it was pretty. It was uh, pretty easy to get her back in. Ooh. Did her uh, purse and valuables go in? Oh no, we, uh, the, we. She either had them in the dry box, which we have for okay. you, or she kept them at our very okay. safe facility. So See she didn't that? have any more. That's, that's that the service the you get, folks, from the waterriders.com. Even though they're missing an hour, it's quality service. She uh, she did she did tip me afterwards. She's I like, hope. thank you for getting me out of the river. I uh-huh. appreciated that. Beautiful. So and I, I did get another tip from somebody who was like, hey, that was awesome. So I just split it three ways between the boys. It was, mm-hmm. wasn't bad. Yeah. But on Saturday, check this out. Saturday, I get there and I, I just because of the train ride, I was going to show up. I wouldn't be there right when everybody got there and were getting their kayaks and starting to get them out of the water. The guys had no problem with that. So like, take the time, Joe. So I get there. You know, we're supposed to leave at, at 10, and I get there at 9.50. And the Chicago police boats are there. Uh-oh. And they're checking our tax. They're like, no, oh, no, this one's not licensed. This one's got to go. We, this is now our busiest Saturday of the year. Now, what happened is we got these kayaks. I don't know the exact date, but I do remember unloading them, and I couldn't do the show that day. It was like uh, it was early May, Coach. Mm-hmm. And that day, 
I saw what they, they took all the paperwork off. I had to collect all of it. They put it out. They still put an envelope and sent it to the state of Illinois that day. Okay, it's about May 10th. Wait, you're saying every kayak has to be registered? Yes, every kayak oh. has to be registered. And they probably charge money to register each kayak. Oh, yeah, they charge money to register. Oh, a bunch okay. of crap polo, that well, is. Well, no, no, wait until wait to see what happens. Okay. So you have 30 days after you after you get the boat, get the kayak, until it officially has to have a sticker on it. And if it doesn't have a sticker on it, you can't put people out on the river with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds fair, because, you know, they should be registered kayaks. We want people to be safe. Absolutely, right, Coach? Well, uh, no, well, I, it sounds it sounds a little bit much to me. To, I mean, a, well, a company could be certified by some inspector. I don't think a kayak should have to go through full registration and payment, but at any well, rate, continue. I, I, Coach, you now you're talking along my lines. I love you for saying that. Yeah. There's way too much uh, bureaucracy and too much government in our in our hands. I, I I just kind of want to just get the point past. Like, I'm okay. not worried about them yes. registering is all I'm saying. That okay. is not, I'm not complaining about that. Gotcha. Well, we registered this up around May 10th, sent it in. Well, it's way past June 10th, and you have 30 days to use the kayak before you can't use it anymore. We still haven't got the paperwork back from the state of Illinois. Okay. So we don't have the stickers to put on the brand-new boats that we got. We have them all for the ones that we had last year. Okay. So they're not letting us take uh, the kayaks out. Mm-hmm. At 10 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, they come to, to decide when they when they come raid us or whatever. And look, all I got to say is, I told I told the, the the police officer, I'm like, well, we have no more kayaks. All we have left are the unlicensed ones. Since I work here, I'm going to use one of those. And the guy's like, well, we'll go talk to our my sergeant. So I go to talk to the sergeant, and he's like, well, I don't think he's. I'm like, what are you trying to do? Like, put a business out of? Is that what you're trying to do? To put us out of business? Hurt business here? There's no reason for you guys to do that. We, put, we, we requested this stuff May 10th. We're still waiting for this stuff. So they're like, okay, you can put your employees in the boat. All I can tell you, Coach, is my stories about Chicago and the corruption and everything was, it was, the people were cracking up. And we were, and while we were getting together, had all the boats together, and I started telling the stories that the police boat was still there. So they got, and I said it right in front of them. It was beautiful. The people were cracking up on this tour. So, by far the best one I ever did was on Saturday. They raid us at 10 o'clock in the morning. When they know that's our busiest time, well, they could have done it for a month. And by the way, why haven't we got our paperwork back from the state of Illinois? Oh, so now we got to, Charlie has to pay all these fines. It's ridiculous, Coach. That's how because they, uh, you know, there's a budget crisis in the city of Chicago. I, that's how they yeah. bring down the budget, nickel Isn't and diamond people. Yeah. So, yeah, but but you were able you were able to take the other kayaks out. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so we it just so happened we had exactly the amount of kayaks that we needed, and somebody had to go in like one of the older ones. You know, and, the, and like the guy knew what happened. He's like, put me in that thing. And he was like laughing about it. He was, I mean, everybody was so cool about it, coach. Because like, the, the guy, we didn't like lose our cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we were letting people w- know what was going on right in front of the police. Right. You know what I mean? So the, like our, the, 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 the tourists, our, our customers, our clients were like, they were like smiling and laughing about it. They're like, oh, I guess it really happens in Chicago. All these people are from, mm-hmm. uh, from out of town and they hear about all these shakedowns about how the city does whatever they can to get money on you. Yeah. And like, you know, so it was like, wow, it really is Chicago. They got the experience firsthand. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's almost like you guys planned that as part of the historical. You should have said that was part of the tour. Yeah, I wish I could have said that. They they knew better. They knew how upset yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was like, you're, you're pretty bad. I am like, no, I, just, I'm, I should be used to this happening in the city, but I, I still am not. Once again, so. the big dog uh, giving tours down the Chicago River. Architectural tours, no less, 
Uh, you can check it out at waterriders.com. One R, don't double up on the R's. That'll just mess up the computer. Waterriders.com. It's affordable, it's cheap, and it is enjoyable. And Big Dog, I'll be down on the Chicago River in the near future. And you might have to come save me. If I tip over, I'm assuming you will come rescue me. Coach, you're slight and tall. Yes. You don't have a, you have a body that is apt to tipping. <laughs> you know, like somebody a little more stout. Uh-huh. Really the you yep. know what I'm saying? They, they're not going to go over. If they go over, they really messed up. Okay. Okay. You, I mean, like a, a stiff wind could flip you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Speaking of stiff winds, by the way, speaking of stiff winds, I don't know if you out in Aurora, Illinois, our listeners outside the Chicago area, I apologize, but a uh, little localized weather situation about two hours ago, a beautiful morning, really a very lovely morning. It wasn't super sunny, but a quiet, peaceful morning, big dog, and Within 10 minutes, it darkened up and a near tornado hit. Did you get hit out in beautiful Aurora, Illinois? Uh, it was. It, it got bad. It didn't get, uh, like, nothing severe. I did hear a couple of thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it didn't not uh, From what we've had this summer, a couple of things that came through, I would put that as maybe, like, the seventh okay. worst storm I've seen this summer. All right. This one uh, hit fairly hard. David Olson, your family once again out of electricity, out of power. Yep, uh, apparently it hit really, really bad way up north near like Crystal Lake and Gurney. Uh-oh. Uh, and of estimate of about an hour ago, 600,000 without power. Wow. Well, remember we were talking about Actually, this six, ago, make that 600,002, the Cubs and Sox also. Hello. Ha, 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 Good point. Ha, 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 ha. We're, we're talking about this, the problems the northern suburbs have had with their electricity all year. They're, they have to do something about that. Yep. Honestly, Coach. What somebody has to do is sell off a gigantic parcel of land and create a wind farm and uh, and a solar energy collection thing mm-hmm. and just redo everybody's energy in, in the northern suburbs. Yeah. The northern suburbs need to take a lead and do it now before they're completely wiped off the map with this freaking uh, grid that's mm-hmm. right. ridiculous. So you know, you you, you go at any time. So. You, you lose the power for a day or two. You know, with the kids, it's it's you know. It happens once every four or five years. It's somewhat of an adventure. It is a learning experience. Makes you appreciate things you take for granted. But after you lost it, like a lot of people did about uh, three weeks ago, and then you lose it again a couple of weeks later, there's no learning experience there. There's no adventuresome spirit. It just becomes a royal, royal pain in the backside. Coach, do you know how many communities it happens? Like they'll have 100 outages a year? Yep. I'm not kidding. 100 outages a year. I happen to live in one of those. that's not an inconvenience. That's, I mean, that's legitimately dangerous. You have to have, you've got to be smart enough to have a backup generator. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're like, you're playing with fire. Cause there's, yeah. I mean, they've talked about, there's chances that the whole area could be knocked out for a month at a time. That's how bad it is. That, I mean, honestly, that's, I know it's uh, the Decaying of America, the History Channel, that show, but when they were talking, they did a whole, they did 15 minutes on that area. Coach, it's mind-boggling. They have to just, they need to do it, they need to start today is what they need to do in order to change their energy. Uh, good news and bad news from my perspective, Big Dog. I am good news, or the good news is I am smart enough to have a generator. The bad news is I'm dumb enough not to keep the generator uh, well-groomed, shall we say. Oh, well, you so, got to do that. Coach. Yes. Oh, you don't, you don't enjoy going out there and testing it? Uh, You know, I kind of forget about it. It gets tucked away in the garage there, and unless you make a conscious reminder, I just forget about it. So when it's time to use it once every two, three years, it's... uh... You know know what I want you to do? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that thing out on your your driveway. Yep. Do do some manly stuff, okay? Change (laughs) your oil. The kids in the neighborhood will come over, hey, what's up, Coach Collins? And then ask ask their girl to be like, hey, do you know who Anderson Soap is? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Brazilian dude who kicks people in the face. You know who George St. Pierre is? Yeah. And they say, oh, oh, I do not suspect you as an opponent. <laughs> okay, so... I mean, right. you can have a really, uh, like, a manly, manly week this week, mm-hmm. Coach. All right, That's we will see. Out of you, okay? We shall see. I'm going to do that MMA survey. Again, Big Dog and the Coach, we will be reunited, hopefully, on Thursday's show. There is even a slight chance i got something going on on Thursday, but hopefully... Hey, uh, real quick, Big Dog, I remember a couple of years ago, women seemed to be dominating our sports report that I have to mention. The Chicago Force football team, women's professional football. Now, for those people, they changed leagues, Big Dog, and there's, again, a lot of people out there poo-pooing it, but it, it, this, and it's not lingerie league. This is the real deal. It's not the lingerie league, Coach. Do not knock it, okay? There's some talented, talented women who play that well, sport. I'll knock it, but I don't want to get in that argument I right now. i who plays it, and she's... Okay. She's better than anybody on the force. But this is the real stuff. Women's pro football, tackle football. You got the guys coaching them. You know, the coach of the team that I saw Saturday. You remember Robert Perryman, the running back for the New England Patriots? Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Real thick, short dude. Yeah. With, uh, with the University of Miami. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator for the Boston Militia. I was able to announce via webcast uh, the Chicago Force Boston Militia National Conference championship game. 60 teams, 6-0. 60 teams in the country. It's a huge league. They, From when you watched them a couple of years ago, Dog, they changed leagues. It's a bigger, stronger league, uh, the WFA Women's Football Alliance. But i got to throw some kudos out. The Chicago Force and just all the women that play professional football for love of the game. Now, uh, we I forgot her name, but there was a I think Lottie Harris, number 67. Is she still playing, Coach? Uh, no. What's her name, Lottie? Lottie Harris. She was number 67. No. I remember two years ago when I was out there watching, that girl was oh, that's everywhere, right. dominating. You wanted to procreate with her, if I remember correctly. Yes, this is true. I did. There's actually a few girls. The, yep. the quarterback, I did. Sam, Sammy Grisafe, tall, blonde, California girl, uh, good looks, TV, movies, actress. Uh, she belies her look. And she is the quarterback of the team. And I remember the last time I was down on the field level for the games, I learned uh, at least three or four brand-new four-letter words from the beautiful and lovely Sammy Grisafe. That's awesome. Yeah. But uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Women's professional football against 60 teams. The Boston Militia, 50. And the Chicago Force, 23, big duck. Uh, where do they play the game at? Evanston High School. Okay. And they still got the male gay, gay cheerleaders on the sidelines. Those guys are phenomenal. Same group still following the team. It was hilarious. It was, it was very much fun to do. <laughs> I was able to announce the game with Pam Shafrath, who was uh, one of Chicago. I think Chicago's only representative on, you remember the Silver Bullets women's baseball team? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, she was a member of that team, sponsored by Coors Light, the Silver Bullets. They travel around and challenge uh, other minor league baseball teams, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. All right, speaking of baseball, first half, a little more than the first half, but we take an all-star break. Big dog here in Chicago, a much-needed break. Sox lose three out of four to Minnesota. The Cubs lose another series. I don't know what you can say, but I'll leave it up to you, Big Dog, to paint any kind of positive picture for our Chicago baseball fans out there. Well, uh, for positive for baseball, if you truly are a diehard Cubs fan, most of the time they would have been only about 10 games better at this point, they would have just the same mathematical chance of winning the World Series, which would be zero. So maybe this is one year that we can actually build for a year and we can actually have a closer, a better chance of winning the World Series, and we have some nice young players. That's going to be positive. Mm-hmm. And for a White Sox fan, nobody's running away with your division, and your team has played so poorly in the first half that they got to play better. 
So maybe you can make a run into the playoffs this year. All right. So two Un- backhanded compliments, Coach. That's all I can get. Yep. Yeah. Well, hopefully, second half of the season will be better. Much needed All Star break. I think we can speak for most of the uh, Chicago fans out there. Uh, nothing overly dramatic happened yesterday. Philadelphia, I know, won fourteen to one over Atlanta. Anaheim won again. The Yankees. Probably the best game yesterday was the Yankees beating Tampa Bay. Big dog one nothing. CC Sabathia over Jamie Shields. What a pitching duel that was. Yeah, James Shields. The only run of the game was unearned. Wow. And it happened because BGA Upton overthrew a ball that allowed a runner to go to, to third base. And then when he was on third base, James Shields had uh, Robinson Cano picked off, but he threw the ball over the head of the third baseman and even Longoria, and they threw it into the stands. And uh, Robinson Cano just walked over home plate. A one honored run in a CC Sabathia big game James Shield game. So the thirteenth yeah, win for uh, Sabathia. Those two guys have been two of the top five pitchers in the league. They both should be in the All Star game, but they pitch Sunday, uh, so they can't pitch obviously at the All Star game. Dog, we got to wrap it up. Great stuff out there, my friend. And uh, Wednesday, be sure to listen because you're going to go solo for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's been a long, first time ever on TalkZone.com, so hopefully I won't mess up. Imagine the excitement. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Dog, be good out there. David Olson, our producer, great job. we got to sign off. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.